It's time for episode 167 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, December 14th, 2016. Clockwise, four people, four technology topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, where I estimate we have 29 minutes of time or 97% of capacity remaining. I am Jason Snell, your co-host for this episode of Clockwise, and across the internet from me, a special guest co-host again this week. I go to her whenever I need a co-host. Uh, she's like behind glass. I break the glass and she emerges as a co-host. It's Serenity Caldwell. Hello. Poof. Hello. Good to be here, Jason. <laughs> thank you for receiving the, your summons and happy birthday. Oh, thank you. So this is Clockwise, where we talk about four technology topics in 30 minutes or less. And to my left, one of our two excellent guests on this episode, a returning guest, Aline Sims, podcaster for she's on the Incomparable podcast. She did less than or equal at Relay. And I think you're working on some new stuff, too. Hello. Hello, Spoilers. This new stuff. I, that's as vague as I could possibly get. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, okay. All right. New stuff. And to my left is James T. Green, who is a producer at MTV and the co-founder of PostLoudness.com. Hi, James. It's nice to meet you in this virtual space. Hey, first time Clockwiser, but always longtime listener. I'm so excited. All right. Well, it's great to have you here. It's always fun when we have a first time uh, participant, although it's great that you've listened in the past. So, you know, this sometimes confusing format that we do. Let's kick it off. Here's topic number <laughs> one. Uh, Apple this week removed its time remaining estimate from Mac OS when it used to tell you, you know, something like, oh, yeah, you've got 15 hours left. And then you'd be like, pfft. Right. And then you'd look like 10 minutes later and it would say, no, it's actually three hours. Anyway, they rather than make it better, they just removed it. And I was curious. Also, this works more broadly. Um, what do you what do you do when you're using a device that's on battery? How do you estimate your battery life when you're using whether it's a laptop or a smartphone or a tablet? Do you do you use the percentages? Do you turn off the percentages? Do you not care? I'm just kind of curious how you live your life when you're on a device that is rapidly consuming its battery. In the before times, um, Apple used to have a little button on the side of a MacBook and you could press it and Aww. these pretty little green lights lit up and it told you about like how much battery you had remaining. They took that away in 2012, which made me very, very sad and I still miss it about three times a week. Um so, Pastelene really loved that indicator on our Mac. Um, Currentaline uses the percentage indicator in the menu bar, and then I hover over to see an estimated time remaining. I know it's an estimate. I know it's not 100% accurate, but it gave me a general idea of how much time I had before I needed to uh, go home to plug in or find an outlet or cry or whatever. Um, and I do the same thing, actually, with my, my iPad and my iPhone. I have the percentage indicator turned on. And uh, that way I know if it's going to get in the red, you know, especially handy when I'm traveling, like, oh, I'm down to maybe 20% battery, well, 25% battery before it gets red. And I need to, you know, I probably need to pull out the battery pack from my phone or my iPad or whatever, if I'm in a new city or I need to call someone when I land or whatever. So that's kind of my strategy. I'm all about the percentages. For me, uh, I... I'm going to really miss the time indicator. I'm probably going to install iStat menu because um, for for me, I really enjoy the time indicator as an as a notion of what I'm doing on my Mac at any given time. If it's giving me 17 hours, I know it's not actually going to be 17 hours, but essentially what it's saying is 
right now doing the, you know, the minimal typing in the notes app at low brightness, your laptop is going to last 17 hours. But the second that you start doing something more heavy duty, you're going to drop that down. However, I can understand how that might be a little bit complicated for people to understand. So, oh, well, I guess we're stuck with the percentage. Well, Apple either tries to fix the time indicator or do something else. Uh, for me, um, obviously, there is no time indicator on the iPhone. Uh, so my usual strategy is use it like crazy until I realize that I have 5% battery left, at which point I find an outlet or a... Uh, a battery pack. Um, or the alternative strategy, use it until I hit the 70% uh, indicator and then immediately turn on battery saving mode or power reserve mode on my uh, on my iOS device hmm. so that I at least know I'm I'm draining slightly slowly, slightly more slowly. I, I tend to kill my devices. For me, whenever I'm on my I have a very aging 2012 MacBook Air that I use for virtually everything. And I used to use iStat menu like all the time, but I realized it just gave me way too much anxiety just looking at it every single time. So I removed it. And now um, I'm jumping between Logic to Adobe Audition to every like visual suite I can imagine. So I just go whenever my fan is going is when I need to plug in (laughs) for my laptop. And that usually ends up being a good sign. Um, for my portable devices, I have a running OmniFocus checklist that goes on like every other day, depending on the device, to tell me when to plug it in. So I just kind of use that as a like good way to know when I should be plugging in my devices. A friend of mine was looking at my iPhone at one point, and I don't even know why it was like this. Maybe it was in low power mode, but they saw the battery percentage and they said, oh, you're one of those people. I thought, um, I am I? <laughs> okay. I have the percentage on for the iPad. The iPhone, I just have the battery indicator and kind of, you know, it yells at you. When you get to 20%, it, it, it encourages you to put low power mode on. So it's not like there isn't a warning there. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like on the Mac, I always looked at that number with skepticism, but I would use it like Ren was saying to kind of reverse engineer my own little system of of what it meant. I'm still a little disappointed here. I feel like Apple could probably, first off, say that it's an estimate and not be as definitive. That would have just required a change to adding a word and could probably have put in some work to make it a better estimate and left it there. So I'm a little disappointed that it's gone, uh, but I also also understand that it didn't really mean it wasn't entirely factual so <laughs> i get i get it from that perspective uh thanks that was uh, that was interesting to find out how all of us cope with uh, draining batteries uh, time for topic number two aline what do you have for us i want to give a shout out to a uh, fellow incomparable panels brian hamilton for this topic idea because he tweeted yesterday and said that he only has like two or three apps that he loves using on his ipad pro with apple pencil So it's been a little over a year since iPad Pro was released, and I was wondering what apps at this point are you using frequently? And I don't know if we all have iPads with Apple Pencils or iPad Pros with Apple Pencils, but if you don't have one, um, what is your favorite tablet or smartphone app? Ooh, this is a good one uh, because I have used many, many apps with the Apple Pencil. I my favorite hands down is paper because I still think that paper has some of the best tools uh for working with the just the way that the tools render on a on the screen really feel more like tac- 
tact, uh, uh, tactile tools. There we go. That's the word. Um, and it, and it feels more like, uh, the, the illusion of drawing in a, in a traditional sense is, is upheld in a better way than, than some other places. Um, in addition to that, I find notes really useful just for sketching various like small things or trying to integrate both uh, words and small sketches. Um, and I've been using good notes a lot for um, for writing specifically uh, because of the way that you can organize notebooks and things like that. And it also has a an option for musical notation notebooks, so you can actually compose music with a with a pencil, which is pretty cool. Um, and I can't remember, uh, GoodNotes or is another program offers, um, writing transcription too. So it will, or GoodNotes offers search. That's right. Um, so that when you write, uh, when you write handwritten notes and you type in the search bar, say, you know, I'm looking for clockwise and you've written clockwise in a note, it will be able to find that even though you hand wrote it with a pencil rather than typing it out. So those are kind of my my top highlight picks. So I am a brand new iPad Pro owner as of Thanksgiving, and I am utterly obsessed. Um, I want to give a shout out to Alex <laughs> Cox, who was previously on here. She finally convinced me. Um, but I am obsessed with my iPad and my pencil. Um, I've been using the iPad a lot, but the apps that are really like making me happy are procreate especially um i do a lot of illustration work um or just to relax and i'll use that um pixelmator i'll use a lot because i'm trying to experiment with more ways to use my ipad instead of my macbook air so i'm able to do a lot with that it just makes it a lot of fun um pdf expert has been awesome for um, marking up documents, especially like when I'm working on longer interviews and highlighting uh, transcriptions. Um, and just like Ren said, I'm a big fan of paper. Um, it just really shines with the pencil. And an app that I didn't think would be super helpful, but has been, has been uh, Screens, uh, the VNC client. Um, huh. It really makes like hitting those smaller touch targets um, a lot easier. I'm so glad that Ren and James are on this episode because I have an Apple Pencil and I never use it. I never use it. I, I, I you know, I'm one of those kids who, as soon as I could turn Aww. in typed up documents instead of handwritten documents for like my papers, I would immediately begin printing out because I don't like, you know, I'm my handwriting is terrible. It's terrible because I don't like doing it. So uh, I'm going to say uh, instead I use keyboards and do things like uh, write novels <laughs> in Scrivener and write stories in OneWriter on iOS. So mm. in lieu of pencil, I use uh, typey type type stuff and uh, Scrivener <laughs> and, and OneWriter are my choice for long, long form and short form. I also use PDF pen or PDF expert for um, annotating books. Like I bought a workbook for kind of goal setting for 2017 to help me think through what I want to do and how I want to do it. So I've been using that to highlight, to annotate, to take notes, to do the exercises. Um, the last few contracts I've had, I've done exclusively using PDF annotation on the iPad. It's so much easier than using preview to fill in all the little blanks, um, which get, gets really, really frustrating with preview um, or annotating edits. I am actually a, 
a paper form wizard. Like creating paper forms is my superpower. <laughs> and so I actually have contracts with companies to do this. And so what I'll do is they'll send me a PDF of their previous form and I'll take notes over that for what I need to change or uh, formatting edits that need to be made. And it's amazing. And then uh, just for fun, Amaziograph is an app that lets you create um, like mirrored images. So if you want to create like mandalas or, you know, you want to sketch a perfectly symmetrical butterfly, you can do like a, a two point axis. Um, and it's a it's just kind of fun to kind of sit and just drag the pencil on the screen and see it mirrored in all these ways. And I've never created a, a design that I don't like. And like I said, I'm not an artist. So it's kind of a fun little thing to play with. Well, that was a, a bunch of great suggestions from three of the four people on this show. <laughs> and uh, in the interest of time, I almost just said pass. But I didn't. Anyway, we're two we're two topics in. We've got two more topics left to go. It's halftime. Let me tell you about our halftime sponsor on Clockwise this week. Once again, yes, it's the the it's the most wonderful time of the year, and that's because I get to read an ad from Foot Cardigan. So do you want to be known as the best gift giver in the whole world? Have you ever wished that you would be visited by the sock fairy? It's totally real. Do you want your feet to be the envy of everyone you know? And most importantly, do you want awesome socks delivered regularly to your mailbox? This is the key because if the answer to any of those questions, most especially the last one, is yes, then Foot Cardigan is here to make it happen. Foot Cardigan delivers fun socks every month right to your doorstep, assuming that that's where your mailbox is. They Ensure your feet never have to be seen out in public in plain white socks ever again. Take it from me. I used to wear plain white socks all the time, and now I don't because it's more fun to wear fun socks, even if nobody sees them. And you don't have to choose what pair. This is not a shopping experience. Every month you get a surprise pair of socks in the mail. Surprises are the best. It starts at just $9 a month. Foot cardigan socks are a fantastic holiday gift, birthday present, or any other day gift. Or just treat yourself to nice socks. Uh, By the way, fans of Clockwise will uh, remember perhaps that last year we discovered that the word for a design placed, you know, a small design placed on a sock is a clock. Yeah. I know, right? Foot Cardigan has socks for men, women, and kids, and in a bunch of different styles, too. So if you or someone you know is more of a no-show kind of sock wearer or maybe wants a little luxury sock in your life, there are styles for those, too. Foot Cardigan's got socks for everybody. Go to footcardigan.com right now. Get 10% off of your order with the coupon code KEEPWATCHING. That's footcardigan.com. Promo code KEEPWATCHING at checkout. You'll get 10% off any subscription. Thank you to Foot Cardigan again for their support of this show and all of relay fm keep watching the socks all right at halftime they didn't ask me to say that i just wanted to say that uh halftime's over it's time for topic number three serenity what do you have for us oh boy um well i'm going to talk about something that's also a body part um courtesy our sponsor but not feet um i'm going to talk about the things that go in your ears the airpods they are out they're available at last um after quite a bit of a delay, um, and the smaller Beats X headphones are still delayed. It sounds like they're going to be into February. Um, so my question to you guys is, is it better that the AirPods are late than, you know, they take a Galaxy Note 7 queue and exp- get released earlier and, and maybe explode or do other terrible things to people? Um, or... Is it just a big miss on Apple's part to skimp out on holiday shipping deadlines and the fact that, you know, very few people are going to get AirPods for for the holidays? 
I'm actually glad that they took their time and made sure that these were rock solid. Um, I had been having my RSS feeds open for like the last month and a half. And when I saw that they were available, I scooped them up. I'm so happy they're coming on Wednesday. But I'm just happy that they took their time and got that going because um, Bluetooth latency and um, battery life are incredibly important to me uh, when it comes to these wireless headphones. And I'm also excited to see, like, with this extra time, how the Beats X uh, work. I've been a Power Beats user for a while. Um, they're wonderful while biking. So I'm really excited about this uh, fast charging thing that they have. So, you know, take as much time as you need. Um, if I'm spending all this money, I want to make sure it's rock solid. Yeah, I have a, a Bluetooth, uh, a set of Bluetooth headphones, and and the difference is that they are connected to each other. And I think that's one of the issues here is that you know with the AirPods they have to be synced. The audio needs to go in your ears from the two different separate, not connected devices simultaneously. That's hard. I mean, I, I it's really bad for Apple on one level that they aren't going to be widely available um, for the holidays. Although I keep hearing from Australians who say that they can get them. So I I guess if you're in Australia, you can get them by Christmas and then go to the beach because you can do those things there. Everything's better in Australia. So, um, you know, I think it's too bad because that that was a good gift item at a good gift price, I think. Uh, You know, you're less likely to put a $1,000 computer under a tree than these headphones. Uh, But at the same time, yeah, you don't want to get it wrong. You don't want to, we all know, any any misstep or sign of weakness that Apple provides, everybody jumps on them. And they have a reputation to protect and shipping a product that's not ready and is going to be buggy and need a software update in you know two months in order to make them usable again is not you know that's not going to make for a good holiday gift giving experience either so i appreciate that they took the time and didn't ship something buggy you know sometimes i think that apple uh, if apple ships something and it's buggy everybody kills them for being unreliable and apple if apple fails to ship something because it's not ready everybody kills them because they failed to ship it uh which which would you prefer and i think maybe i would prefer it to ship solid or not ship at all so i think they did the right thing i i, I agree um also because people forget when things ship late they forget the time constraints or the supply constraints you know people still line up to get iphones every year whereas if it was something that went maybe the note seven route and exploded in people's ears huh. you know that that would have longer term <laughs> impact on them <laughs> just a little bit yeah. Um, so, so I think that yeah, they're definitely doing the right thing to wait and make sure it's solid. I do wonder about um, kind of the supply chain and how they're choosing to announce things um, and and where the hiccup is. I don't really follow these kinds of rumors that closely, so I don't have any idea what what is going on with this. But I'm wondering, should they maybe have waited to announce? I know that they were trying to get it ready for Christmas and probably you know, miss that for some reason. So why? Um, what kind of examination do they need to do about that? But in the long run, I think this is far lower impact than, you know, a major controversy or injuring people would be so. Yeah, I, I'm with you there, Aline. And I really think that when it comes to the AirPods, when it comes to something that's going to be so small and supposed to work reliably, you look at the Apple Pencil, right? Where the Apple Pencil was horribly hard to get until at least January. You could you could scrounge around and try and get one for people, but it was it was a pain. Uh, and no one remembers that now. 
except for the people who scrounged around and had to do it. Uh, everybody knows that the Apple Pencil is a great drawing tool and it works really well with the iPad Pro. And and on that level, I think that's that's the most important thing is shipping a product that works well, um, that people are going to like. And yes, maybe reevaluating how they announce things, especially when they're fancy, you know, cutting edge products that they may not have worked out their supply chain kinks with quite yet. Apple definitely needs to have a have a serious look at their at their supply chain and and how they're putting that together in 2017. Um, that is my topic. James, what about you? So I've been having a bit of some anxieties happening here. So I'm moving from one big city to another big city, um, from Chicago to New York uh, next week. And I've been thinking a lot about the sharing economy and all of these conveniences that we have. Um, the cities I live in have great public transit and there's grocery stores nearby, but I always feel so lazy and I want to Uber and I want to get Instacart things uh, delivered to my house. Um, and I feel guilty whenever I use these. So I'm curious, do you ever feel guilty when using any of these sharing economy apps? And if so, which ones? I feel guilty when I use Uber, uh, but not because I'm bypassing public transit, because I would take public transit. I took I took the bus when I worked in downtown San Francisco. I took the bus every day for like 15 years. Um, I, I, I wouldn't use it as a replacement for that, but I often re- use it as a replacement for taxis. And I actually don't even feel guilty about that because, again, being in San Francisco for so long, the taxis were artificially um, limited in order to make the taxi medallions valuable. And taxi service was terrible. And the advent of Uber meant you could get a car and get a ride across town. And that was a big deal. So um, I I wasn't even guilty about that. You know what makes me feel guilty about Uber is the fact that we discovered um, at some point that it was revealed that uh, Uber drivers wanted to be able to ask for a tip because they weren't being given, you know, they were only being given their base rate by Uber and Uber refused to put tipping in their app. And that made me feel guilty because if somebody really expects a tip, you should give them a tip. Uh, you know, if it's a tipping situation. Um, and also because one of the reasons I liked Uber is because I never carry cash. And I, I I liked that I could just pay with my card that was on file and get out of the car. And putting um, the tip situation back in meant I can't do that. It means I'm uncomfortable when I'm in there. And quite honestly, I don't have any cash to tip them and the app won't let me. And it's really put a, a damper on me even considering using Uber because unless I've got cash on me, I know I can't tip the drivers and now I know they expect it. So that's the one that makes me feel guilty. Also, like the CEO is kind of a jackass. So that makes me feel guilty every time I use Uber, uh, which is not that frequently. <laughs> yeah, so I live in a, a very big city. I live in the Phoenix area, but we don't really have services like this out in the area where I am. Uh, Central Shore, where all the skyscrapers are, but I'm out in flat country. Um, so we don't really have these kinds of services. The only time I use them is when I travel, you know, to Portland, San Francisco, um, Philadelphia, wherever. And so, n- no, I don't really have guilt over it because I'm using it in a foreign city. And I guess I really don't think about the impact it has. Um, I try to use Lyft instead of Uber. Some places, um, you know, one is available and the other isn't. Um, but no, no guilt. Yeah, so I am of two minds on the situation in that I'm very much with Jason on the 
Uber is so convenient that uh, being able to hail a, t- hail a ride and not worry about payment, it's the, you know, the, the Apple Pay thing. It just makes you feel comfortable, like you're in the future, like you don't have to worry about whether or not you visited the ATM and how much cash you need on top of tipping and everything else. Um, but there is the squick factor involved with Uber, not just that the CEO is a jackass, but also the revelations of the last 48 hours where, you know, people were apparently using Uber routes to stalk celebrities and stalk ex-boyfriends. Like there's there's some not great uh, communication and company culture going on there, which makes me a little bit uncomfortable about using it. And I will say I do feel... A little guilty. Um, I I don't have these services anymore where I live. But when I used to live in San Francisco, I definitely felt guilty about using Instacart and using TaskRabbit to do things because it felt very, it felt very privileged to be able to just be like, yeah, I don't feel like going outside today. I'm going to spend an extra five dollars so that somebody who does need the money desperately is going to do my errand for me. Um, and there's a certain amount of power in being able to do that. And also a certain amount of uncomfortableness that comes with that power where it's like, I, I have this financial freedom to be able to do this thing, but is it actually, is it good? Is it something that I should be doing? And on top of that, um, am I making myself lazy and not walking where I need to be because I'm just using my phone to get somebody to bring me takeout. It's a complicated issue. Yeah, those are a lot of the complications I have in my own personal head. Um, so as you've guessed, I feel guilty most of the time. I don't know if it's because of my anxiety, but the only time I don't feel so guilty is when I like calculate in my head that the delivery cost cost exactly how much it would cost to take a bus to the location I'm going to. And then I kind of like, <laughs> Look at that. It's like, all right, that's not bad. Um, but I think the last time I felt guilty, I used Postmates to go get uh, two bags of chips from the corner store. And it was like 11 o'clock. I was so tired, but I was really craving Cheetos. And it was about $15 <laughs> for two bags, but it was so worth it. All right. We have four topics done. Uh, just enough time for our bonus topic. Let me tell you about our bonus topic after I tell you its sponsor. Uh, our friends at Linode are sponsoring the bonus topic this week. Linode is a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight, I think maybe it's nine data centers. I think they added another one in Tokyo this week. Uh, anyway, all around the world, that means it's a great solution for your server infrastructure. You can get a server up and running in under a minute. Plan start at just $10 a month for your own dedicated server on the internet with two gigabytes of RAM and you can choose your resources, Linux, distro, node location, all from the web-based manager tool. And you can deploy, boot, and resize it with just a few clicks using that tool. It's pretty amazing. Linode servers offer industry-leading native SSD storage, powerful Intel E5 processors, fast as you can get in the cloud market, access to their 50, their 40 gigabit network with multiple levels of redundancy. They even have an API that lets you automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud. And all the pricing tiers feature hourly billing with a monthly cap. There won't be any surprises. As a listener to this show, you can sign up at linode.com slash clockwise to support us and get a $20 credit toward any Linode plan. That's linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit. There's even a seven-day money-back guarantee. Or if you want, use this promo code clockwise20 when you check out. Thank you to Linode for supporting 
clockwise. And my bonus topic is simple. A bunch of new emoji came out. Uh, they are always rolling out. Apple's OS update added a bunch more. Uh, Google and, and Microsoft follow suit as well. Everybody wants to stay current with emoji. So let's put in an emoji request here. Everybody, what is the emoji that you want added to the emoji specification next? One dream emoji. I want more heart colors. I'm excited by the black heart to indicate the blackness of my soul. But I would like, you know, orange, a single pink heart, you know, different heart colors convey different uh, emotions. So that's what I would like to see. I want a brown haired white person. (laughs) I want I want more hair colors. I want more hair colors in uh, in the various emoji skin tones, because I am all for more emoji skin tones. I think that's amazing. It's really important. Um, But I also want more emoji hair colors, including like pink hair and purple hair, but also brown and red hair, because I I feel I feel a little bit guilty using the light, dark-skinned, brown-haired woman because I then I'm like, I feel like I'm using somebody else's emoji. I don't... And, and now, I, yeah, I, I feel I feel so much guilt over that. It's stupid. Boy, there's but a lot of guilt today. A lot of guilt happening. There's today. lots of guilt. So much guilt. <laughs> so keeping up with the skin tone dreams, I want skin tone options for the yellow rounded face emoji because oh. if I can get a black version of the glasses with buck teeth emoji, that is me. I need that right now. <laughs> Mine is simple, and it's not just because my name is Jason, but a uh, hockey mask emoji. I want it. <laughs> I want a hockey mask emoji. You know, the hockey stick is nice for taunting Canadians, but really for the full effect, you also need a hockey mask emoji. So that's on my wish list. Anyway, uh, we've reached the end. That is the silliness that we call clockwise. A half an hour, four topics, all done. Just time to thank our guests. Aline Sims, thank you so much for coming back on Clockwise. I love being here. Thank you so much for inviting me again. And thank you, James T. Green. You did fabulous in your first time. You did not make any of the key mistakes. You have survived (laughs) clockwise. Thank you again so much and happy birthday. Thank you. Oh, yes. Happy birthday. And uh, thanks to everybody out there for listening. We'll be back next week with another edition of Clockwise. But until then, all we have to do is remind you, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye.